I was just thinking this week and uh, praying a little bit about what God wanted me to say. And actually, Brother Chase and I got into a great discussion on some of these things that I will say tonight. And I said, you know what? I feel like that's probably what I, I need to talk about. If you were, uh, if you were uh, on a professional football team or a college football team, I don't know if you know this, but even in high school, uh, there are people sitting in the stands every game that are called scouts. And they are scouting the players, the plays, the strategy of the other team. It's usually because some, somewhere down the road they're going to be playing that team. You have, to know, you have to know who you're against and you have to know what is going on in, on the playing field. And I got to thinking about this this week and studying a little bit and looking into the Word of God. And I'll just call it, and I may, I may speak on this for the next three Wednesday nights or so, but I, I believe that as the church of the living God, we need to know our enemy. Amen? And we do have one, by the way. And I want to tell you who it is not. It's not your brother. And it's not your sister. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, we're on the same team. We're not here. We're not here against one another. Now, does that mean we all agree? I wish we all agreed. Wouldn't that be wonderful if y'all all thought like I did? Wouldn't it be great if you just thought just like me? I, I think that would be just pleasant, but you don't, and I don't think just like you. We have different backgrounds and different cultures and different things in our life that cause us to think the way we do. And uh, we, we all don't see eye to eye. But here's the common denominator of the church. It's called the Holy Ghost. Because when you come to the Lord and you find him through the power of the Holy Ghost, then the common denominator, it puts us all in one big family. And the eye can't say to the ear, I have no need of you. And the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. We all need one another. Can you say amen? So what I'm here today to talk about is not each other. You know, Now, you may have an enemy, and you may have made an enemy, but my advice to you is to get that under the blood because you... Here's the, here's the bottom line. Here, I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. He said, love those that hate you. You've got to love your enemies, amen? Is that always easy to do? No, it's not, but that's another sermon for another day. But what I want to talk about tonight is the enemy that we're all up against, and we encounter him every day, every morning when you get up, every day when you go through your day, every evening when you go to bed and when you eat supper and you're with your family, the enemy is on your trail. I want to read a couple of scriptures. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Did you hear what Paul said? We are not ignorant of his devices. Here's what else he said. In, in the New International Version, let me just read it in a couple of versions so you will get a great understanding. Same verse. He said, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. We know what he's up to. 
And the Living Bible says it this way. A further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan. For we know what he is trying to do. Now, if you live for God very long or you've been around the church or you've been a Christian or however you want to put it very long, you have encountered the enemy. Because the enemy, he don't care two hoots and a holler, pardon me. He don't care two hoots and a holler what your name is. He don't care what you look like. He don't care what your pedigree is. All that he's after is to stop the church of the living God. And when you become a part of the body of Christ and you become a part of the church, you instantly become the enemy of Satan. This didn't start yesterday. This started in the Garden of Eden. This started when the Lord confronted the serpent. And the serpent, was it was prophesied that the seed of a woman would put his heel upon the head of a serpent. And that serpent was Satan. So I'm here to tell you, you didn't, this is not a battle, this is not a war that just came about a few days ago, a few years ago. It wasn't concocted in the 1900s or the 1700s. This has been since there's been a man upon the face of the earth. And when the devil was thrown out of heaven and he fell like lightning, he became the enemy of God. And the enemy of God causes him to be the enemy of us because guess what? Jesus Christ bought us with his own blood. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He baptized us with his power and his anointing. And I've come to tell you on this Wednesday night that I am on the winning side. The devil can do whatever he wants to do. I am on the winning side because I read the back of the book and the blood of Jesus is going to overcome everything that the devil can throw at the church. Amen. So we, we, we have reason to believe that we know what he's up to. You know, the devil's not near as tough as he thinks he is. I'm going to call him out. I'm going to tell you that, oh, yeah, he's the prince of the power of the air. Oh, yeah, he's got demonic spirits and angels. Oh, yeah. But let me tell you what he's not. He's not, he's not omnipotent like God is. He's not omnipresent like God is. He's not omniscient like God is. And for you that don't understand that, when I say omnipotent, he don't have all power. When I say omnipresent, he is not all places at all times. He can't be because he's not God. The only one that is omnipotent and omnipresent is God. He is not omniscient. He does not know all things. Can I, can I just tell you some things here tonight? And some of you perhaps may have heard me say this sometime. I'm pretty sure you've heard me say it if you've been around very long. Because after 34 years in this pulpit, I've said about everything there is to say. But listen to me. The devil don't read your mind. He can't read your mind. He can read your actions. And he can hear your words. Oh, yeah, I, I may not get past this right here tonight. When you come get up in the morning and say, well, I just don't know if I'm going to make it another day. Oh, you know what he's doing? I wish I could whistle, but I can't. He's, what? Hey, come on, boys. 
I got one right here that says he don't know if he's going to make it another day. Let's get him today. Come on, now I'm just putting it in our terms. But he heard what you said. That's why you don't confess weakness. That's why you don't claim, well, I just tell you, I don't know if I'm going to make it. If you don't know if you're going to make it, guess what? You're probably not. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to make it. I'm going to tell you I'm going to make it. I'm going to be successful living for God. I'm going to, make, I'm going to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, here, now this, this may cross some of you, but I heard, I heard a preacher preach this in this pulpit many years ago. And he's the preacher that was preaching when I was seven years old and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. His name is Kenneth Phillips, one of the great, greatest preachers I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I, I brought him in here about 10 or 12 years ago, but he talked about this on a Sunday morning. He said everybody in this church needs a prayer language. And we, you can say it however you want to say it. You can call it speaking in tongues or you call it a prayer language because here's why. When you go into the holy sanctum of God and you start praying, you need a prayer language because let me tell you what the devil can't tell. He can't understand tongues. He don't understand it when you're praying. The Bible calls it praying in the Holy Ghost. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about when I say praying in the Holy Ghost? You know, you, you, I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm not talking about God is great, God is good, thank you for our food, amen. I'm talking about when you get down to pray and suddenly the power of God comes on you and you start weeping and praying and crying and intercede with God. And the first thing you know, you're speaking in a language that you never were taught, that something's happening in your soul. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, devil, you ain't got a chance when I get to praying in the Holy Ghost because when I get to praying in the Holy Ghost, only me and God know what I'm saying. I may be crossing your theory tonight, but that's what I believe. And furthermore, I believe this. I believe you can shut the devil out of your prayer room. I don't even believe you have to be talking in tongues. I believe when the Holy Ghost comes in, he drives the demonic spirits out. Anybody believe that? I, I can confess before God. I can say it to God. I can talk to God without fear of the devil here. But if I'm out here talking to you and I'm saying, James, I just don't know. Times are hard. I don't know if we're going to make it. I want to tell you something. The devil's listening to that. That's why you don't need to be a complainer or a criticizer that's why you don't need to, to, to take things on you that you shouldn't take and speak words that you shouldn't speak. Woo! Because you see, here's what he is. Watch this. Peter said this about him in 1 Peter 5. He said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as, no, 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 you got to understand this. He didn't say he was a roaring lion because he's not the lion. The lion is the lion of Judah, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And he just happens to be king of the beast. Amen. But he said, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know what? Every day, this is what the devil's doing. Seeking. One that's weak. 
one that's backslid, one that's, that's drifting away from God. I told somebody this week, you know what? And, I, and I've heard it said, I think maybe Brother Hodge said it one time. I, I, I may be wrong, but I heard it said that, that people are like automobiles. When they start missing, they're about to quit. Well, when the devil's walking to and fro uh, and looking for a prey, he's looking for a weak person. He's looking for one that's not praying. He's looking at one that's not coming to the house of God. He's looking for somebody that's got a chip on their shoulder. He's looking for somebody that's got a complaint on their tongue. He's looking for a disgruntle in the church. Oh, let me tell you, he may not get us from the outside, but if he can get us from the inside, that's why you got to be careful, little tongue, what you say, and be careful, little weak feet, where you go. I'm preaching to you tonight. Hear me right now. The devil looks at all of that, and he will attack you from the inside. Don't you ever let the devil know you're discouraged. If you're discouraged, you go to God in prayer. You shut the devil out. He don't need to hear that business. And don't you speak words to people or, or your neighbor or your family or your friend that, that the devil can jump on and tear you apart with it. He can't read your mind. Do you hear me? He can't read your mind. But he can hear you. He can't, he, 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 he can't be all places at all times. So I don't think, you know, I, I don't think when, when we all say, well, the devil made me do it, he, he can't be everywhere. And probably he didn't make you do it anyway. It's probably your old rotten flesh. Amen. We like to blame it on the devil, and a lot of times the devil don't have nothing to do with it. It's just because we, we quit praying and got carnal. I'm preaching up in here on Wednesday night. Somebody better hear me right now. But the facts are, the facts are when you get carnal and when you say things and when you do things, it's not always the devil. Let, uh, let me tell you what the devil's doing. He's, he's going to and fro in the earth. But he's got a lot of angels, in case you don't know that. He took a third of heaven angels when he fell. And they're demonic spirits. And they're angels of, 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 of not good things, but bad angels, if I could put it that way. They're demon angels. And so, so I read a book one time, and if you ever, you ever see this book, uh, you, and I, I'm thinking, I'm, uh, what, what's the book where the... Where the I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it, where the, the devil is setting demons over cities, and there are spirits over cities that, that the demons of hell are causing those particular cities. There's, there's a demon for Monroe, Louisiana, and there's dispersed demons over this city. To, there, there are homosexual demons over San Francisco, all over the whole world now. But, but I'm just telling you, when you see an, an infiltration of sin 
and the things that are happening. I read a book where the devil, and it was talking about how he sets up his kingdoms on the earth. Do you not understand that he's the prince and the power of the air? That's why music can be demonic. That's why the airways in television can be demonic. There's why a lot of things that we got to watch what we see and watch we listen to because the devil is the prince and the power of the air. The Bible said that he is. He's the, he's the God of the, here's what the Bible called him, the God of this world. He's not my God, but he's the God of this world. And he's manipulating the newspapers and the radios and the televisions and the movie theaters. He's manipulating all the politicians, not all the politicians, but some of the politicians. And he's causing frantic things to happen and horrible things to happen in the United States of America and the world. That's why we are seeing a, a tidal wave of sin that has come against the church and come against the world. That's why you're seeing things you never dreamed you would see because he is unleashing all of his power. Do you understand that the devil knows what time it is on God's time clock simply because he can see what's in the word of God and we don't have long and we're not here for long. Man, I feel preach up in here tonight. So he knows all that. So he's doing everything he can. Let me, let me talk to you. There's several areas I want to touch, in, touch on in, in the next couple of Wednesday nights if the Lord allows me. John 8, 44. Very familiar. You've, you've seen it before. Here's what the Word of God said. Ye are of, this is Jesus talking. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar. Come on, let's say it together. He is a liar. Now, I wouldn't advise you to call anybody else in this room a liar, but I'm going to tell you, you need to call the devil a liar. He is a liar and the father of it. Bible said the truth is not even in him. I'll tell you how to know when he's lying. Every time he opens his mouth. He can't speak truth. He's a liar. And he's the father of every lie that's ever been invented in the history of man. He is a liar. Here's, here's where I want to go on this, on this evening. And I hope I have time. Because I want to talk to you about the deceiver. Liars are deceivers, and he, he has been a deceiver from the beginning. Revelation 12 and 9 said this, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. Everybody say the serpent. He was a serpent in Revelation, but he was a serpent in Genesis. He said, called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. He is a deceiver. One of the greatest detriments to the church of the 21st century is people being deceived. The Bible said there's going to be some coming sheep's clothing. Be careful because inside they're raving wolves. 
Bible said if they come preaching another doctrine, watch this, don't even bid them Godspeed. They're not in this book, don't like on Facebook. Amen. He said the old serpent called the devil deceiveth the whole world. Paul also said in 2 Corinthians eleven three, 3, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In other words, you've got to be careful, church, because the same way he tricked Eve, he beguiled her, he deceived her, he will trick you from the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me tonight? You know what happened in Genesis? Let me read it to you. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, (coughs) pardon me, and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. There's a couple of things I, I want you to see in these verses as we move quickly here tonight. First of all, I want to tell you what Satan's target is and what his target was with Eve and what his target is with you and how he comes at us because if we're going to know our enemy, we need to know what he's doing and what his tactics are. I want you to say this with me. My mind. The devil wants to mess with your mind. Your mind is the way God communicates and reveals his will to you. Amen? Your mind is important in your walk with God. And every sin and every bad thing, it doesn't start in your hands, it doesn't start in your feet, it doesn't start anywhere in your body, but right here between your ears. Amen. Romans said this, be not conformed, 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by how? The renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind is where you find the will of God. When you go to God and you renew your mind, that's where you find out what God is saying to you and what God wants you to do. It's that simple. So naturally, if the devil can do anything, he'd like to get a hold of your mind. 
That's why Paul was so careful to tell us, guard your mind. Be careful what you think. Be careful. Be careful with your mind. Your mind is, is precious. And, and, and you know I'm telling you the truth. Here's what Paul said to, in Philippians 4 and 8. And this is, these are <clears throat> so familiar, but you got to hear them again. Sometimes we just need to be refreshed. Finally, finally, he said, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Quit thinking about all the bad stuff. Clear your mind tonight. And what the devil wants you to do, he wants to paint you a, a bad scene. Let me tell you, he was messing with Eve's mind when he came to her. Because he didn't tell her right up front. He didn't say, God's lying to you. You know what he said? He asked a question. Do you know what the devil's tactic is to the world or to the church about the world? Half God said. That's his first question in the book, hath God said. Did God really say that? Is this really truth? Do you really believe that? Hath God put you in this church? Hath God baptized you with the Spirit? Did you really get an experience with God? He starts questioning everything about God till he can make you doubt God. He's messing with your mind. Proverbs said this, For he, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat, drink, eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. In other words, if he can get you thinking the wrong thing in your heart, that's what you're going to become. I, I, I'm probably going to meddle here a little bit. And if you're a parent, you, you just... Chalk this one up to me, okay? But don't ever tell your kid he's not going to mount to nothing. It's just good stuff. That's just down-to-earth stuff. Don't do that. You're putting things in his mind. I've, I've counseled with people that said, well, my daddy said I would never be worth nothing. What? There's another way to correct a kid than to tell them how terrible they are and what they're going to grow up to be, and more or less prophesying the bad things of life on them, what you're doing is you're messing with their mind, and that's exactly what the devil likes to be, or to, to, to do. Now, here's what he said in Romans 8 and 6. Paul said, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Get your mind right. Satan knows the importance of your mind. He understands the importance of your mind because what he does, look, Come on, let's be real. Who's ever laid in the bed at night and the devil working on your mind? You need to get out of this marriage. You need to leave that church. You need to get away from those people that are trying to guide you right. They're trying to run your life. I know it's quiet. I don't care. I ain't even got to have an amen to preach. Amen. I can do it whether you say amen or not. I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm just saying, you ain't going to say amen. But if the shoe fits, wear it. Amen. Here's the facts. The devil 
continuously, day in, day out. There's so many places I could go with this right now. When Paul's telling you what to think about, when Paul's telling you how to think on these things, he knows what's coming in your life. You get up in the morning and the news is scattered with bad stuff. Am I right? How many positive things did you see on the news today? Huh? Have you heard anybody on the news to say, folks, the world is in great shape? Have you seen anybody on the news lately saying, I tell you right now, we ought to all just be thankful. We're in the best day that we've ever had. The economy is great. The stock market is booming. All the politicians have decided to tell the truth. Now, wouldn't that be great if you woke up in the morning the headlines was, America's had a redo, and everything is fine. There ain't no news like that. The devil's going to bombard you with junk and fill your mind with junk. That's why, that's why he's everywhere you turn. Hey, I, I almost did this. I really almost did this. I don't know where it come from, and, and if I could do it right now, I would because I'm just in that mood. But there was a guy. There was a guy that, that came on that came on social media. And and, and he he wasn't a, our kind of preacher. I, I I think he was from another denomination. But he walks into his pulpit. And I'm telling you right now, if I'd have been him, I'd have been I'd have been scared to do what he did. But he walks into that pulpit. And he didn't mince any words. He just starts in. And he starts pointing people out and saying, it's a shame when a man's got to come to church and he can't look around without seeing. And he started telling, he, he didn't mince no words. I thought, woo, I wonder if he had anybody next Sunday. But you know what? He's right. Because the devil comes to church and the devil's in our world and the devil's in our vehicle and the devil's on our job and the, and the demons of hell are tracking us every day, putting thoughts, putting bad stuff, trying to put, get, they'll send somebody along to discourage you. The demons of hell will send somebody along to say something that'll drag you down. That's the devil's business is to drag us away from the kingdom of God. Does anybody believe me today? Amen. So here's what he does. He uses lies. That's his weapon. He's after your mind and he uses lies. He became the serpent in Genesis to lie to Eve. And when he had questioned her, God said, then he turns around and said, well, God didn't really say that. He's, you know what? He's just afraid you'll become a God like he is. Liar. Liar, your pants are on fire. You couldn't eat enough apples to become a god. You can't eat of that fruit and be what God is. He is the eternal, almighty God of this universe. And there's none like him. And there's none beside him. And there's none that can compare to him. Why, devil, are you lying to Eve? Because he wanted her to fall. Notice the steps he took. He questioned her. Then he denied the word of God and said, you're not going to die. And then he substituted his own lie and said, you're going to become a god. I'm telling you right now, the devil is a professional liar. And every time he or one of his demons come at 
start telling you things that oppose the kingdom of God. You need to know him for what he is and say, devil, you are a liar. Get out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. I'm, tr I'm, tr I'm trying to hurry. The devil even lied to Jesus. He even tried to tempt him, get in his mind. But it didn't work. It didn't work. You know what his purpose is? The purpose of Satan when he starts lying to you is to make you ignorant of the will of God. He does not want you to know what God wants you to do and what God wants you to be. He does not want you to look in the Bible. You see, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of counterfeits in our world. There's counterfeit Christians. There's counterfeit Cokes. There's counterfeit Gospels. There's counterfeit churches. There's counterfeit preachers. There's counterfeit doctrines. There's counterfeit educations. There's counterfeit diplomas. There's counterfeit whatever you want to talk about. There's counterfeit $100 bills. A lot of counterfeits. So we have to know the difference. Well, let me tell you how to know the difference. You just check him out by this book. And every time he starts lying and trying to make you ignorant of the Word of God, here's what he knows. He knows this. He knows if we stay in this book that we're going to walk in the will of God. You know why the, I know that? Because here's what the Bible said. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If I can just get this. Here's what David said. If I... He said, thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart. That why? That I might not sin against thee. You know the antidote for sin is getting this inside of you. You know why you take an aspirin when you got a headache? So the pain will go away. It's an antidote. You know why I have to get up every once in a while after I've gone to bed and take a couple of the leave because my legs are killing me to get the pain out of my body. You know why you took that pain medicine for your back? To get the pain out. Do you know why you put the Word of God down in you? Let me tell you why. To get the sin out. Because if the, if the Word of God's in you, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. If I can get the Word of God in me, the sin's coming out. Amen. Satan's purpose is to make you ignorant of that. He wants, he wants to rob you of God's will. He wants to rob you of God's blessing. And he wants you to waste your life. And that's why he's talking to you on a daily basis. Let me tell you, he knows his days are numbered. He knows he doesn't have long before the coming of the Lord and the church is getting out of here. He would like to destroy every member of the kingdom of God. He would like to stop the greatest next thing that God is about to do and that's about to have the trumpet sound and the church to leave this earth. He'd like for there not to be one person ready to meet God. But I've come to tell you on a Wednesday night, he's a liar and the truth is not in him and we're getting ready to meet Jesus and we're going to be okay because our defense is the word of God. Amen. You're not going to make me ignorant of God's will. Here's what I know. I know the devil's will, and so therefore I go the opposite direction for my life. 
so that I can do God's will. Amen? Your defense, God's word. God's word. You're no match for the devil. Did you know that? You're no match. You can't do this by yourself. If you think you can conquer him by yourself, you're in trouble. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Who does what? Strengthens me. I can't do it by myself. I can't quit sinning by myself. I can't live good by myself. Amen. I have to have God to help me. But he strengthens me. And this is why the New Testament comes along and says, guess what? Greater is he that is in you, James. Greater is he that is in you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't have to worry about him. Don't live in fear. Live in faith because the devil's lying to you. And I, I, I told you this, but, but let me just let me give you a real quick explanation of what the devil tried to do. Jesus Christ, when the Bible said that in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, I'm going to read 11 verses real quick. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. This is after he had come off, by the way, of a 40-day fast. The Bible said in that second verse, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. You think you might be a little bit weak after 40 days of no food? I've never done that. I don't know if, I don't know if anybody in here that's ever done that. But 40 days, 40 nights, he fasted. And when the tempter came to him, that's the devil, he said, If thou be the Son of Man, or Son of God, excuse me, command that these stones be made bread. I mean, he was telling the God that could turn stones into bread, a man that was standing there hungry, why don't you just fix you some bread? Why don't you just turn these stones into bread? I, I love, I love what's, what happened here. But he said, but he answered and said, talking about Jesus, it is written. Somebody shout, it is written. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. He was tempting him. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus again said unto him, it is written. You're not, you're not tempting me with that. He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil take him up the, to an exceeding high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. You just worship me, I'll give you everything you're looking at. And Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan. In other words, get behind me, devil. For it is written, there it is again, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. I'd like to tell the devil, you hadn't got anything to give anybody. You're talking to the maker of everything you're looking at. But he said it is written. Then 
the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You know why? He withstood the enemy with three words. It is written. It is written. And, and I'm going to tell you, if it's written, you can believe it. You know, we used to hear the old saying, God's word said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Anybody ever heard that? I don't believe that. I believe God's word said it, and that settles it, whether you believe it or not. You can't get past this. This is where it's at. This is where every answer is at. That's why you got to memorize it. You got to tuck it in your heart. You got to get it down deep in your soul. He did not use his divine power that he could have used. He, he, he used the same weapon that he gives you. He didn't use anything spectacular. He just used what you have in your possession. Anybody here own a Bible? Come on now. Anybody here? If you don't raise your hand, we're going to get you one. You got to have one. Because let me tell you, this is your best weapon against the enemy right here. This is what works against the enemy. He can't stand the Word of God. And when you say it is written, how you know? I read it right here in the book. You got to know His Word. You got to memorize His Word. That's why you got to hide it in your heart. Psalms 37, 31 said, The law of His God is in His heart and none of his steps shall slide. God's going to keep you from slipping when you get the word of God in your heart. He said, I would delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. The Bible talks about a man that will meditate on the word of God. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the law, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want to be prosperous? You want to have success? Meditate on the Word of God and get it down in your spirit. I'm closing with this. The Bible said in Psalms chapter 1, one of my favorite books or chapters of all the book of Psalms, it said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what it says? He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of waters. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to succeed, you just get the word of God deep inside you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to close every time I preach on this, this scripture in Ephesians 6. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We're not fighting an enemy that you can see. We're fighting the spirit world. But here's what I want to tell you. God knows where they are. And you're a child of the king. And we don't have to be afraid. We've got the word of God. We've got the spirit of God. We've got the power of God. 
We've got the promises of God. Is anybody with me? We can win, and we're going to know our enemy. I've exposed the dirty rascal here tonight, and I'm going to keep exposing him. He's a deceiver and a murderer and a liar, and i got some more names to call him if you'll come back next Wednesday night. Stand with me.